Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. Today's episode is part two of money and mental health. And today we're going to focus on overspending. So when we look at our money, overspending is the thing that kind of throws our budget or our spending plan off track. It is also when we talk about mental health, one of the stressors and the overspending leads to debt and living a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle, which none of us want to do if we can help it. As educators, our funds are generally tight. We have our family budgets that we're taking care of and that we contribute. And then we have our school budget that no one ever tells us to set up, but that causes us stress as well. We have our classrooms or our staff, if we're in leadership, that we want to do treat well and want them to have everything that they have. When it comes to our students, we always feel like it's our responsibility to fill in the gap because we never want our kids to not be able to participate in something because of the money. And with school budgets being strapped, sometimes, not sometimes, oftentimes, We are the people who fill in the gap for those students um, to make sure that, you know, whatever we're planning for them, we want it to go off without a hitch and we want every kid to have what they need. And so that's where our overspending comes from. And as educators, we kind of feel like we can make those sacrifices. The kids need it, but we have to take care of ourselves first. We always have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first. And that's whether as a teacher or as a parent, as a wife, as a husband, you know, you have to be able to take care of yourself. So overspending and why I wanted to talk about this separately from last week's episode where I just spoke about money and mental health as a whole. If you want to hear all the statistics that talk about how money impacts our mental health, definitely go back to last week's episode and hear about all the all the statistics about how money impacts our our mental health but when we come to overspending that one gets tricky so we just spoke about one when it comes to really ensuring that our kids have the best in the classroom right so we make sure that we fill all of that in for our kids um our students uh, in in the classroom. And so it's like getting the extra supplies or paying for the child to go on the trip who whose family often can't afford to. Um, if the school can't do it, you're going into your pocket and making sure that that happens 
which can lead to overspending. And then we have our own children at home who we feel like, oh my God, they need to have the best of the best of the best all times. And But sometimes we can't afford it and we're actually doing it because we don't want to go through the hard part of talking to our kids and just being honest and saying like, we can't afford to do this right now. So that's you know, some of the pressures and the kids, just like they're the kids, we want them to have the best. It comes down to us setting some boundaries so that we can put the oxygen mask on ourselves. And then once we're able to do that, we're able to help each other. So kids, whether it be the ones in your class or the ones that you gave birth to, or that you're responsible for raising is one of those things that we kind of give ourselves a pass for overspending on, but something that we need to think about. We also have our own wants and let's be clear, wants, not needs. And there's nothing wrong with treating yourself and having and wanting, you know, better things for yourself, but can it fit into your budget? Can you truly afford it? And when you overspend, it costs you probably twice as much as the item because if you pay for it on your credit card, you probably you know you're going to have a high interest rate on it, and you're just kicking the bucket down. But eventually, you're going to have to pay for it, and having that interest, high rate of interest compound, means that it's just costing you so much more than what you would have normally paid for it. So you may say like, "Oh, I want to treat myself to." whatever the item is, but by the time you add the interest on it, you're thinking to yourself, even though you wanted it, you wouldn't have paid that much for it. So really think about like what you're spending money on and whether it's bringing you truly joy or not, or is it to, what is that saying? Like you're working to impress people that you don't even like or want to hang out with. Think about those things when it comes to over spending. Now, one of those things, and I mentioned it in last week's episode was FOMO or fear of missing out. You're on your, you know, your social media feeds and you see the person who's always on vacation or just purchased the new car or the new house or whatever. And you're like, oh, you know, I want to be able to do that. Or I want to do that. You don't know what their financial situation is. You don't know whether they are digging themselves in a deeper state of debt to impress other people who are on their feed. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's easy to say, but if you're thinking about it, you don't know why or how they can afford those things, or even if they can afford it. And there's always those, um, I guess, documentaries or reels where they talk about, you know, the financial influencer who's in this lovely hotel and you realize like they tipped the housekeeping so that they could take a couple of pictures in the hotel room before they got kicked out or found out by management. I think if you're a child of, you're a hip hop fan of the 90s, not so much a child of the 90s, but a hip hop fan of the 90s, 
The Roots has a video, Never Do, and they show the background to how people were making videos. That is exactly what is happening on many people's social media feed. I think I'm going to put that video in the show notes of this show. And it just shows you like all like how they rented it and what something costs or doesn't cost. But yes, that's the idea, um, the exact example of feeling jealous or looking or comparing yourself to other people's social media feeds. Also, when you think about overspending in the last episode, I suggested that you do a emotional audit of your spending so that you understand what exactly is happening and questions that you want to ask yourself. So when you do an emotional audit, you look at your bank statements, your credit card statements, or your purchasing for the past month and just mark it. Does the purchase make you happy? straight and you're neither happy nor sad or a sad face it makes you sad because it could make you sad because you just don't even remember what it is or why you purchased it but doing that emotional audit and then asking yourself these questions are there certain times when you're more likely to spend money are there certain times where you're more likely to save how do you feel when you save money do you feel differently when you're spending or saving What are the emotions and feelings you think of when you think about money and what aspects of dealing with money make your mental health worse? So it could be anything, opening bills, um, being confronted about your spending, any of those things, you what what is happening for you reflect and take time and this is not something that you can do like in 5 minutes you you definitely want to s- set aside some time and if when you're sitting there it's like thinking about like how it's making you feel and why you made the purchase it can help you get to the bottom of why you are overspending if you want want to go even deeper you can start a diary about your spending and just Now, being proactive as you're spending, jot down in your notes, or if you're like me and you have a little journal, when you purchase something, how does it make you feel? Because we started this two-episode series on mental health, because May is Mental Health Month, you want to say, if you have been diagnosed with a mental health issue, Look at your spending when you may be having a mental health episode. Are you spending money to make yourself feel better? Like you've been depressed and you haven't been out and you haven't been, you know, dressing your best or your best self. And you say, like, let me spend this money because I want to uplift my my emotions, right? So it's definitely a temporary high And it's okay if you can afford it, but if it's causing you to overspend, you really want to sit down, think about it, and talk to your therapist about what some other coping mechanisms you can put in place. If you experience symptoms like mania or hypermania, you might spend more money in making impulsive 
decisions. And so that's something else you may want to speak to your therapist about when you start reflecting on your spending and, and thinking really like, okay, I'm noticing that when I'm in this phase, I am just, you know, throwing it in the bag, uh, as Fabulous says, like, just, you know, or you're just swiping uh, your card and you want to think about that and talk again with your therapist about how you can address that. And you might find that you have um, an addiction like gambling or a dependency. So that also makes you spend money. And that dependency can be a lot of things. So the first thing when I read that in the research, I was thinking like uh, illegal drugs, but it also goes to, I've heard a lot of things that people spend money on. So drugs, porn, um, interesting. I remember like hearing somebody who's like, you know, you might have a collection that you're just like overspending and it like, it just brings you a thrill to obtain those things, whether it's art or beanie babies or sneakers for those people who really, um, love sneakers. It could be an addiction And I'm telling you that Nike sneaker app is crack. I'm not even into sneakers and I have a friend who calls me. Well, you guys know that friend. It's the pink lady. She calls me and is like, hey, these sneakers are up. They're going to drop at this time. Can you make sure you're on your app and trying to get them for me too? And she's my girl. So I have the app. The only reason I have the app still on my phone is because I want to support her in getting these sneakers. She's not overspending, so I don't feel like I'm enabling her to do something that is detrimental to her, but it is definitely addiction. And the way that that app works is addicting. It's kind of like almost like gambling. You're almost like waiting. Am I going to hit this time? But I digress. So when you talk about an addiction or a dependency, don't think like, I'm above that. You might have something. It could be Beanie Babies, art, sneakers, uh, whatever your thing is, the purse de jour. I don't know. But don't think that you're above it. And you definitely want to um, seek professional help if you are using spending as a coping mechanism, if you're um, manic or... um, If you're having a manic or a mania episode or hypomania, um, and if you're addicted or you have a dependency. So here's some tips that might help you stop overspending. You could tell someone, have like an accountability partner. Tell someone you trust about the warning signs that you may be overspending or the signs that you're struggling with your mental health. Give your credit cards to someone else you trust to put them somewhere or you can freeze them. Make sure that you take them out of the online sites or apps like the sneaker app um, so that you don't so that you can't purchase really easily. Um, Delete the apps that you usually overspend on. If you get tempted by advertising, and I can tell you, for me, IG is my new mall. I don't even go to the mall anymore, but my IG feed sure shows me a lot of things that I think is really, really cute. 
I like IG. I won't get off of it, but I won't let myself buy something off the IG feed. I have really like when I find myself clicking on it, I'm like, girl, you can't buy that Um, because it just becomes automatic. And so it has also caused me to spend less time on IG, too, because it's so tempted. Find ways to delay your purchase. So it used to be like a 24-hour rule. If you want it in the next 24 hours, then you can purchase it. I have pushed mine all the way to a 72-hour rule. So I need three days to say whether I still want it. And I have to increase the days because I can be patient and focused. And I'm like, "Ah, do I really want it? But I'm like, wait. There's something that I'm supposed to be waiting 72 hours. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that. I still want it. So since I'm still thinking about it, no. So whatever. Delay your purchase. Um, and if you forget about it, that would be great. You could also take a screenshot or take a picture of something that you really want to purchase and put it on your vision board if that's something that is that worthwhile for you or on a shopping list in your notes because you can put pictures in your notes, but that way you don't purchase it as soon as you see it. Distract yourself with something else that makes you feel good. I do do this. If I find myself wanting to purchase too much stuff on IG, I just switch to my Kindle app and read another chapter in a book or my Libby app, the library app, and listen to another chapter of a book. Now, if you are really hardcore um, with this and it is a a mental health issue, um, you may consider talking to your bank and and informing them, like, I have been diagnosed with a mental health issue and they can look out for unusual spending. I'll have to be honest. I don't know anyone who's ever done this and... um, but my bank will stop my charges for really silly things sometimes. So I'm sure they wouldn't have any problem putting another warning on my account to say like, hey, they stop it. I think one time they stopped my purchase for, for $25 because I had made a $100 purchase at 8 o'clock in the morning. And then I went to make a $25 purchase at lunch. And they were like, mm, we, we're not sure about that. Uh, so... I feel like some banks have weird algorithms as to what they, why they stop you. But if you feel like if you've been diagnosed and you want them to support them, you should definitely reach out to them and let them know um, what's happening. And they may be able to support you on putting a block or a check on your card before a charge goes through. And you could avoid credit cards completely. There are, I'm on the fence about that tip, um, even though I'm making it to you and it came up several times. And so I wanted to share it is because sometimes with the credit card, they'll help you cancel or return the order when some vendors, you know, with their regular policy. So the credit card is really tricky because you can really rack up a lot of charges and therefore a lot of interest in a short amount of time. If you have been diagnosed with a mental health issue, it's definitely something that you want to consider um, how you want to handle it, but getting rid of the credit cards can definitely help. So those are some 
ways to stop yourself from overspending and ways to feel financially secure so that you don't have the overspending and you just feel like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I have enough. I am enough is you want to build a cash reserve so that if something happens, you have a little cushion. Um, and that may be on your emergency run fund. So you might have an emergency fund and then you have a little cash reserve. Have a written and stated plan for how you want to pay down debt and how you're going to achieve it. So once you pay off the debt, you definitely will have more flexibility with your budget because you are not designating it just to pay off credit um, for things that you've already spent. And so having that money back is like the best feeling in the world. And then check your monthly budget or spending plan. And really, you don't have to check every detail, but making sure that you can cover your mortgage or your rent, your utilities and your groceries. Those are the necessity. And you may say like, okay, transportation to get back and forth to work. If you are monitoring those, then that'll help you know like everything else can be negotiated or you can figure out how to to make it work. Check your finances like once a week and again and and mention the mint because it'll send me a notification that says like your weekly review is ready. I think it sends it on the Friday or the Saturday. And so looking at that really is helpful to see, just review what I've spent money on in the past week. And then... The one that I love the most and has helped me stay on track and be most successful with my finances is getting an accountability partner. If you're married, it would be great if it's your spouse. But if you're not, because I'm a single woman, I have the pink lady and my best soul sister. The three of us talk about our money all the time. Sometimes when we're all trying to get, you know, to achieve some type of financial goal, we speak weekly or by month or bi weekly to make sure that we're checking in and making it hitting our financial goals. And they also encourage and support me in doing free things. So just like us getting together at one another's house instead of going out is one way to is one way to um inexpensively get together and um really, you know, check in on our finances, hang out with each other, watch a good um, movie. We've all been working in our backyard. So just hang out in each other's backyard and see what's happening. And so if you want to say like, what's the highest leverage action step that you can take in stopping your overspending? It is really look at your spending. Do a emotional audit of your spending and figure out how and why. Because really, money is not about the money. It's like your behaviors around it. And doing that emotional audit will help you see, will hopefully help you see how and what not only how you're spending your money, but why you're spending your money the way that you are. And so 
we are coming out of the pandemic and many people have jobs. There's been a lot of talk about a possible recession. Um, as educators, we uh, are in professions that no matter what the economy is, you, you need uh, teachers. But, you know, we want raises. We want a lot of, you know, we not only we want, but we deserve raises. And um, things may be tight. Our spouse may not, you know, who may not be in education, may be going through. So you may be feeling symptoms of mental illness for the first time. And you might have thought like, yes, I made it through the pandemic. And now we're looking at a recession. Or you may notice that your symptoms, if you have been diagnosed already with a mental illness, are worsening or getting um, worse because of your overspending regardless of whether this is the first time or you've already been diagnosed seek the help of a mental health professional if this is adding stress to your life there is uh, no shame in it and you your family um, and your finances will be better for it so check your insurance see you know what it pays for as far as therapy. And even if your therapist isn't um, well-versed in finances, explaining to them what exactly your experience, they may either be able to help guide you um, to a therapist who specializes in that or really do their best. Because when it comes to behaviors, oftentimes the talking about it and coming up with a plan um, as to how to address it um, is really what you need. And you don't have to be a money expert to do that unless you have a really complicated financial situation. And in overspending, it's not really that complicated um, financially, but the emotional and mental aspects of it can be really challenging. So thank you for listening to today's episode. I look forward to speaking to you next week. And remember, stay in the black. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website, at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when... <laughs>